Dear families, Chicago neighborhoods came alive this week as thousands of students in kindergarten through fifth grade returned to school for the first time in nearly a year. The excitement on their face was infectious, and their voices brought a, a pandemic of energy that has been absent from our schools for far too long. We are thrilled to finally offer our families the option for a safish return to in-person remote learning, and we look forward to welcoming back students in grades 6 through 8 from at least 6 feet away at a photo op this Monday, March 8th. Beginning Monday, all CPS families who have not yet returned to school in person will be able to opt in for a return later this year. The opt-in, win- the opt-in window will be open to students in all grades, grades pre-K through 12, and will remain open for two weeks. Ironically, open windows is our main defense against this deadly virus. Opt-in forms will be sent directly to parents, and this will be the final opportunity to choose in-person learning this school year. You can't stop CPS. You can only hope to contain <coughs> contain us. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Rank and File Teacher Voice Podcast. Yes, I was having a little bit of fun there, and I embellished quite a bit. But who sends a letter home to parents in the middle of a pandemic where... Parents have lost their lives, and I've had students, you know, even this week one told me how many um, relatives she had pass away from as a result of COVID, and their first letter back is, hey, everybody, those smiles are infectious. It's like CPS is actively trying to troll us right now, and it's scary. Um... I hate calling them petty. It's a pet peeve of mine. Because it feels like any time we face something, that's what we do. We just say, oh, CPS, you know, Lori Lightfoot, one-term mayor, is being petty. Well, that doesn't solve the problem. It's not like any mayor in my lifetime, well, I shouldn't say it, any mayor in my professional lifetime working for CPS has given a damn about us. You know, it's 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 just the way it is. And um, we can't just give a free pass on anything that they want to do going, she's petty. Um, one of the problems that I have with that, I just, I hate that that just becomes like, it's our catchphrase. Like she said something off color, like our crazy uncle. But... It's more important than that. The other thing that bothers me is this whole one-term mayor thing. I remember when they used to say that about Rom. Yes, there are things that she's done that have made her unpopular. But you know what? You don't beat somebody with nobody. Who are you going to run? You want to run Preckwinkle again? She's got less of a chance than she did last time. Who do you want to run? And that's the problem. You gotta have someone who can beat her. And I hope it's someone with a good uh, chance to win. Because if we back the wrong horse again, um, it's not like this is a, you know, betting on a football game where you try to bet who's going to win. Sometimes you got to support a long shot candidate because they're the best one for your issues. 
But I, I just don't know who we have that's going to beat Lightfoot right now. Okay, moving on. Uh, I don't want to make this a core bashing podcast. I don't want to make this a core bashing episode of a podcast. But um, there was an article that came out this week, and I I thought a lot of people looked at the messenger and didn't look at the substance. Jim Vale, who um, is writing a, I guess I called a muckraking blog, and CTU has a great tradition of muckraking. Um, when Core came to power, it was with George Schmidt right there. And George Schmidt is the biggest muckraker that CTU and CPS have ever had. And Jim has a blog called Second City Teacher. Now, there is a vile, racist, horrible, awful blog called Second City Cop. I don't know if Jim's predates that, or which one came first, but I will say this. I love SCTV, which is an old 70s variety comedy show where guys like Rick Moranis got their start. And, um, you know, if you watch Shit's Creek, that's where both uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara got famous. And SCTV stands for Second City Television. I know it doesn't have an affiliation with Second City Cop. It's, it's a blog. It's using the Second City name because what that's what they call Chicago. It would be like getting mad at someone in New York because they called something Big Apple. All right. So people jumped on that. He also made an unfortunate comparison, what he called cancel culture. And cancel culture is kind of a right-wing talking point. So people all jumped up. Oh, he's a right-winger. Well... <laughs> That's not his politics, and his politics are irrelevant. But um, cancel culture is something that happens on both sides. If you think the conservatives don't do it, you should have a talk with Colin Kaepernick or the Dixie Chicks. Um, and it's it's our you know our right to um, not support people that we don't agree with financially. You know, if enough people do it, they might change, but. Regardless of how you feel about that, what the article was about was about Drew Heiserman. Drew was someone I met quite a while ago. I I think the first time I had a good long talk with him was when we were going to the AFT convention in Detroit. We wound up uh, getting at the train station early uh, together, and then we wound up sitting next to each other on the train and uh, had a really good long conversation with him. And... um, Drew is somebody who I've always respected. He's one of the founders of CORE, but he also um, he also has questioned CORE leadership when he thought they've screwed up, and he's praised them when he thought they did a good job. Um, he got in some hot water with CORE before because he brought up some financial issues when he was a trustee. And this time on the executive board, he brought up that there was campaigning going on on union time that was making it look like CORE was actually the CTU. And that's a separation that we have got to maintain. So anyway, Drew seems to be up on charges in CORE for that. And... um. 
It seems to me that's exactly what we want people to do. I saw one person responded to the blog post saying, ah, someone else who doesn't understand what free speech is. Well, I'll tell you. When you're elected to a position like being a trustee or like being an executive board member, you don't have the right to speak your mind. You have an obligation to speak your mind. You are a watchdog. Your job is to say, hey, I don't care about my own interests. This is wrong. This is not what we were elected to do. Drew's doing that. Or has done that, I should say. That's not a freedom of speech issue. It's a whistleblower issue. And to me, that's something much more serious. Our union has gotten really good at censoring um, voices that don't agree with it. And regardless of who you support, and I know a lot of people in core who are sickened by this, that's not good for us. It really isn't. Okay. Um, I've said this before. I am not um, a member's first member. Um, I, I never have been. I like some people who are in members first. I probably like more people in core than any caucus there is. Or respect. I guess like is kind of a bad word. Um, respect is actually probably a better word. I have a lot of faith in a lot of people who are in that caucus, which I was in for a very long time. But it's not about, you know, popularity. This isn't, you know, some fifth grade class election. This is about what we're doing with our union dues and what we're doing to fight for our members. There's some really scary things going on with our pension right now, and I just wonder if anybody's actually even noticing it. Um, one other thing I want to talk about. As an elementary school teacher, I, I felt a little bit hurt when clerks and other people who had to go back at the very beginning of the year, you know, took almost a little bit of delight when it was the elementary school teacher's turns to go back because we did not do a very good job fighting for them. And that's true. Um, but I always strongly supported the clerks and I really strongly believed that they shouldn't have to go into those buildings, especially because they'd already proved they could do their jobs remotely. And, uh, now the elementary schools are back. The kids are going back tomorrow and they're now talking about in city hall, how high school teachers will be going back in mid April. And I'm going to tell you right now, I see some elementary teachers taking delight, and I think it's a mistake. First, that sort of factionalism does splinter our union. But secondly, you know, I can only go by, by people I talk to, especially in, like, the different groups on Facebook I'm a member in, and the people who were you know, voting yes on that agreement were just as often high schoolers as they were elementary schoolers, but they were no more often. In other words, a lot of people who were bragging about, oh yeah, I'm voting yes, you know, it's time, we gotta go back, were both elementary and high school. 
And I, I think it's a mistake to think that 6,000 or however many high school teachers overwhelmed 25,000 elementary school teachers. You know, the fault isn't in our stars. It's, it's in ourselves. And yes, I voted no on that, but um, a lot of elementary school teachers voted yes. I bet if you were to actually find where the real fault line is, it's probably not between high school and elementary. I bet it's probably between schools like mine, which run on a, you know, it's an 1895 building run on a Windows 95 HVAC. I'm not kidding about the Windows 95 HVAC or the year of the building. And the people who are in better conditioned schools that are more able to keep a safe environment. So, um, let's, let's not fight over that. I think it was a real mistake agreeing I have some issues with leadership for putting their thumb on the scale in order to bring this home. But a lot of the high school teachers I know really did care about us. And it's the same thing in 2019. Some people are so resentful that we did the elementary school teachers did not get extra prep time in 2019. But I was at that delegate meeting. And the high schools held firmer than we did. So, you know, again... Let's, you know, it's, it's fine to criticize high school teachers who, who voted to go back and say, ha ha, you're, you know, you're going back now too. Probably not the best use of your energy, but just don't assume all high school teachers voted that way because, because they didn't. Okay. A lot of inside baseball this week. Um, going to try and get away from that a little bit next week. We are under attack and we are our own best defense. And I don't want to always be pointing my finger at our, our leadership. Um, but just a lot of inside baseball this week. Take care of yourself, especially if this is going to be your first week back with students. It's very important to practice self-care. And that's why if you check your CPS email, you'll notice that they sent out a 98-minute webinar on the importance of self-care, which you need to check out when you have some free time. Um, anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.